Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, Fightful Backlash Podcast. It is May 21st. If you all didn't check out our post-NXT TakeOver Chicago show, that is over at Fightful.com right now, along with our post-Raw, post-SmackDown shows, as well as The List and Ya Boy, and Holy Smokes with Showdown Joe and myself, our MMA podcast. Definitely check that out. If you haven't visited Fightful.com before, do it. We've got exclusive news, interviews, podcasts, videos, photos. I know that some of you come here just for the podcasts and uh, haven't checked out the news on the site. I encourage you, break up with your old wrestling website visit us. We've got wrestling, MMA, boxing, and of course, ways to uh, separate the three. Also articles from people like Jason Kincaid, who has an incredible pro series. Uh, You can see him uh, at Evolve, which is on Flow Slam right now as we speak. But without further ado, Alex Palowski, associate editor of Fightful.com. You've been called Fapful, a Fapful whiner. On yeah, occasion, I have. will we be seeing that tonight? I don't think so. The whining, not the fapping. No, no, no fapping. You'll be seeing any any fapping. Uh, I don't know if I'll be whining much. I might I might whine about one or two minor details, but overall, I think I will I will be uh, anti whine uh, today. We're gonna start from the bottom. We're gonna go towards the main event. That's just how we're gonna do it. Overall, I got to say, I enjoyed the show. Uh, they had a tough act to follow after last night. And I think that back – now, I, this is just off the top of my head. I think I seem to feel that they did as good of a job following up an excellent NXT as almost any show has when I've been like, damn, WWE main roster is going to have to step it up. Because last night we saw one of the best NXT takeovers of all time. I think it's in the top four. And this may be the best follow-up to any of those great takeovers. So, yeah, well, that's saying something too, because remember, this is the first, you know, B show pay-per-view that's followed a takeover before they've all been the big yeah. fours. So, uh, so this is really interesting to see what to do with that. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, for one of those shows in the first uh, first SmackDown show since WrestleMania. So also, weeks. a resounding success was this weekend overall oh, for absolutely. WWE. Yeah, definitely. That crowd was cooking from the first NXT TakeOver match to uh, Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. Uh, they calmed down a little bit here and there. I want to give a congratulations to one of our members, Beer What, over on the forums. Register for free at Fightful.com to get access to the forums, some exclusive articles, as well as the members-only podcast that I do on occasion. We had a contest. The winner gets a signed copy of Edge's book. The question in the forum was, how many times will Tom Phillips scream, oh, tonight? For those of you who didn't see, uh, one of, another one of our great uh, forum visitors created a remix to the Cassius Ono theme uh, J- uh, George Rich, and it is it is pretty incredible. We'll retweet that at the end of the show, but yeah, I kind of get on Tom Phillips for using that a lot. Now, here's the thing, Alex. The winning guess was nowhere fucking near <laughs> the actual number. Not even in the, the same realm. Nope. Not even close. Not close. Guys... The correct guess was 87, and I also want to shout out our dude Guzzomatic over on Twitter. He did the count. On the main show, 119 O's. Overall, 127, including the pre-show. You want to hear another good number, Alex? Please tell me. The number of nicknames mentioned, 95 on this program. Jimmy Van's going to love that. We have that segment uh, every Wednesday now. Definitely check out that show. It's something special. Now we're going to get into Backlash. But uh, we're going to do some more of these contests over on the forums. I think that's a good way to uh, give away the the Mysterio masks and the St. Mick beanies and the signed books and all this stuff. But we got WWE Backlash. I just want to say on the pre-show, the Eric Rowan gimmick is a perfect encapsulation of how lazy the WWE can be sometimes. Yep. Just showing up with a mask. And as is tradition, Sami Zayn unscripted is just infinitely more likable than they could possibly script him, Alex. Absolutely. You can pretty much say that with almost anybody. You know what I mean? Like everybody on their own is much more interesting and fun and likable than what they give them to say themselves. We have uh, Kyle in the chat saying, SRS, give that love seat uh, behind you away. If we do 20 million <laughs> views or 20 million uh, page views in a month, I'll probably I'll give it away. How about that? Uh, the, the show started off with Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. I thought this was a pretty decent match. JBL talking about Aiden English crying. like I was just like, I don't want to say I was uncomfortable because I wasn't really uncomfortable. I was just like, Mm. You know, I don't yeah. know how it sat with See, me. I expect it from JBL. What I didn't like is the uh, little thing from back on Tuesday where they were talking to Ty Dillinger and Aiden English shows up. They're talking about this match, and Ty's like, well, on Sunday I'm going to beat you again. Oh, and this time, why? you know, like, just in case you want to cry about it, and he throws him a tissue. Like, but see, Ty Dillinger shouldn't be the guy who makes fun of yeah, in English. To, uh, that's not cool. JBL can do it because that's his gimmick. He's a he's a douche. 
but but a Ty Dillinger shouldn't do that anyway. Um, yeah, and I agree. I, I like the match. It's it's a showcase for Dillinger, who is super over with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's he's one of those guys who absolutely somehow all of his love in NXT immediately translated to the main roster. I think a lot of it is like that that the whole thing with the ten people love doing the ten, and the people who don't who didn't know him because they didn't watch NXT, they see. 40% of the people around them all doing the thing. It's like, well, this is fun. I'll do this too. Yay. Yeah. You know, like, well, all of a sudden, you, infectious. You always saw the argument with Jack Swagger and even Daniel Bryan. People said, well, they're not over. The chant is over. Well, having a chant that's over is a hell of a lot better than not having something that's over. So thumbs up to Ty Dillinger for that. This was a really standard match for the first six minutes or so. But much like Jinder Mahal, it's kind of nice to be able to see Aiden English's offense because we haven't seen a whole lot of it. And the finish of this match was kind of fun and a little different because, again, we haven't seen a lot of English's offense. I love the new tiebreaker because a lot of times, guys, tie size won't do stuff like that because they got to have the move that they can do on everybody. Well, there's not a whole lot of people on this show that he's going to work with that he won't be able to do that to. I mean, people, wrestlers are getting smaller in general. You see AJ Styles hitting Ushi Garoshis on Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. So, thumbs up. I did want to say one thing uh, that I noticed that Aiden English's tights were a screen print of Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night. And I want yeah. that to be his gimmick. Since he's the artiste, I think that he should have different famous works of art on his tights for every match. And I can't wait for the one of the Magritte with the big apple in the guy's face and the bowler hat just right on his butt. I think that'd be really fun. Well, he's not the artiste. Yeah. Because Shinsuke Nakamura is the artist. Yeah, that's right. So maybe Aiden English will be like a sandwich artist or something. <laughs> uh, I think that's his, that's his next career once his contract yeah. runs out. <laughs> I think this week I'll do uh, me and Alex or, or and us separately on occasion are going to do the how fightful would book it podcast i think i'm gonna do a short one this week on aiden english so watch out for that that might come friday since next weekend is friday or saturday since next weekend is kind of quiet shinsuke nakamura versus dolph ziggler this was a good idea i think to hold off nakamura until the pay-per-view however what i would have done is have dolph ziggler instead of just talking to people backstage maybe beat some people Mm -hmm. maybe win some matches that way you think that he stands a chance. He didn't stand a chance, but this was still a good match. Had he been protected at all on TV, though, it would have been even better. One of my favorite spots on the entire show was Ziggler flipping out of that sleeper suplex and super kicking Nakamura in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. That was really good, and Ziggler took Nakamura's finish as well as anybody I've seen in WWE. Which is to be expected from Dolph Ziggler. Um, yeah. And this the thing for me is that the whole build of this match has just been Dolph Ziggler not taking – Shinsuke Nakamura seriously. Uh, just saying, like, pfft, whatever. He hasn't done it on the main roster, which means he's a rookie. And he has got he's got nothing. And then two minutes into the match, you got JBL saying, hey, this is the big leagues, kid. Like, really? I mean, like, you're, what incentive do you ha- are you giving your casual fans to go and watch all of his stuff on the network or to figure out who this guy was who's this brilliant, giant, global star – Eh, rookie, you got you got nothing. Show me something, rookie. Like, come on, like, 
this has to be celebrated in some way. The thing about this was this match was fine, okay, but we this is the second debut match in WWE that he's had. The first one last year at uh, TakeOver Dallas against Sami Zayn was one of the matches of the year. This was nowhere near that. So the fact that you could have had something that good with somebody who's currently on your roster right now, a, a mutual respect match where they just want to showcase themselves as opposed to, I don't think you're any good. Prove it to me, rookie. Like, they could have made it a lot better, you know? Yeah, I think that while things like the Jinder Mahal situation play well off of crowds, and, you know, I hate people saying the Smarks and the IWC, everybody's got the internet, guys. Get over that shit. They sometimes try to play to that, like Dolph Ziggler calling Nakamura a rookie when everybody knows he's not. And it, sometimes we're just like, we see what you're doing, and it's just kind of annoying. Uh, also, again, shout out to George Rich. He just posted a video on the podcast Discus Forum of Nakamura coming out to the Hokey Pokey, Alex. <laughs> because I said that Shinsuke Nakamura could get the Hokey Pokey over. Because <laughs> I had people saying that he couldn't have made glorious work. And I'm thinking, yeah, he definitely could have made glorious work. Yeah, if he wanted to, sure. Oh, man. Fun times. Uh, also, guys, uh, every morning after Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views, my podcast notes and match ratings release. Uh, I'll do match ratings for some of the bigger matches on Raw, but I have them all for Backlash. So check those out tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. Now I just want to talk about some of the most fun that I have had watching professional wrestling in maybe ever. And I don't know how you feel about it because it's going to be very, very polarizing. Breezango versus the Usos. Um, Vince McMahon's like, you want the cleaner? God damn it, I'll give him to you. And there's Tyler Breeze. Mopping the apron while wearing a janitorial outfit. Can't remember who it was that said he is a master of the custodial arts. Fantastic. I'm not sure why the referee allowed this, and usually I would tear this apart logistically, but I had too much fun watching it. Yeah. Yeah, um, this, is, this is the thing. Yesterday, watching like Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne kill it in a real wrestling match, I was thinking, God, this is why I love wrestling. And tonight, I watched Tyler Breeze come out in a terrible disguise as a janitor, mop his way down the entrance ramp, get on the get on the damn apron during a live tag match and mop the apron. Then when he got tagged in, he mopped the ring, used the mop somehow as a weapon without really using it as a weapon. Then later came in as a as as a grandmother, uh, and I thought to myself, "This is also why I love wrestling." Uh, this is. Breezango, and in, in particular, Tyler Breeze, maybe the greatest comedy act in wrestling in I don't know how long. And the thing of it is, yeah. these guys proved also later in the match they can really wrestle a damn fire tag match huh? at the same time. So I, I saw a lot of stuff on timeline, like, they deserve so much better. Tyler Breeze deserves better than this crap. And I'm like, well, 
Yeah, I mean, he he could he could do something different, but I don't know if that's deserving something better because what he did he did as well as anyone has ever done that. Like that was so great, so great. Uh, this match was so much fun. I, I was I was. They also had a near fall that I totally bought when Tyler Breeze hit the unprettier for the first time in years. I totally thought he was going to get that pinfall and I was going to cheer so loud I would have woken up my napping baby daughter if they had won that match. But you know what? The USOs win. I just all then I you would have looked at the screen and Tyler Breeze would have been dressed as your daughter. It's possible. He is a master <laughs> of disguise. Uh, he is. I, I, I only hope that this isn't the end of the Fashion Files and Breezango near the top of the tag division because New Day is coming back soon. And they're probably going to work the Usos. I just hope that they don't relegate Brizongo to showing up on SmackDown for two-minute matches once a month like they were earlier this year. Well, I'll great. talk about where, where I hope they go and where I think they'll go uh, momentarily. The Usos played great straight into the comedy of Brizongo, and you're going to have a lot of people saying, ah, oh, made him look weak, all that stuff. Come on, have a little bit of fun, guys. Uh, this isn't going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's not. If you don't like it, that's absolutely fine. Breeze dressed up as a grandma. The crowd loved it. The visual of Jey Uso knocking Breeze's glasses like 10 feet in the air when he punched him was fantastic. There was a cool slash bad looking run up the ropes DDT from Fandango that worked. He did a Tope Conhilo, like motivated Fandango, man. Yeah. Jeez, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a turd-level indie match. You all will hear me say that a lot over cheap matches, the kind, the kind that you'll see your boy on shows with. And I couldn't have enjoyed it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any way I could have liked this match anymore. I had it was so just, much fun watching the match. When, when he showed up, uh, when Bray showed up again as the old lady, I... <laughs> Stop. so hard for that. I was like, they, they had another costume under the damn ring for him to get into. With yeah. a wig and a dress and a cane, it was just brilliant. Do you God. remember the woman who like would take shots at Hogan ringside? Beulah, mm-hmm. her name was. She oh, yeah. she had been to a lot of shows in the 80s. Yeah. Beulah Breeze, that's who it is, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is Beulah Breeze. That, that is a fun one. And they got it. They got a "Let's Go Grandma" chant going for him. I mean, it was just yeah, that crowd was hot. They were so the Breezango is so over. Like you, they they have to see what these guys are and what they're capable of, and keep them around, don't they? Don't they have to do that? I mean, please. But every time I think that that it's obvious what the WWE should do, they never do that. So, yeah. Well, that, that certainly happened with the next match. As Sami Zayn defeated Baron Corbin, this was another really good match. This is the type of match that both men, type of matchup that both men would need. Uh, and Sami Zayn, for being so much smaller, did not, the way that he performed in the ring did not make it look like that. This was violent. They beat yeah. the crap out of each other. Everything that Baron Corbin was giving Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn was giving right back to, to Baron Corbin. I love Baron Corbin using the choke slam backbreaker. That was mm-hmm. cool. He's he's expand, expanding his offense. They really turned it up at the end. Uh, I, Baron Corbin, every time he hits the deep six, it's like the blue thunder bomb for me. I'm like, that could finish somebody. And then when it doesn't, I'm like, why doesn't that finish somebody? Sami Zayn won. 
I did not see that coming. Where do you think uh, – first off, what did you think of the match? Love the match. I, I, I love the idea. This is exactly the kind of person, Sami Zayn, uh, that um, Baron Corbin has hated in kayfabe forever. He hates little indie guys who flip and and didn't come from the NFL. I think he, that's. I think you need to, to take it that direction too. Yeah, you really do. Do you do that like even show you know when Baron Corbin's at the Performance Center hanging out, he's talking to Brennan Williams. He's not talking to anybody right, else. Right, right. No, I I, I love that. He can only stand Mojo Raleigh because <laughs> Mojo Raleigh came up the same way as him, like in a perplexing manner. He's like, yeah, he's annoying, but I respect him for the way that he came up. <laughs> That's right. Because you can extend that by Baron Corbin being so embarrassed that he lost to this guy. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. That's the other thing is that I'm happy for Sammy to get a win. At the same time, I think that there's more places for you to go storyline-wise if Corbin's the one who picks up the first win in their series of matches, if they're going to have a series of matches. I hope they do because it was great. I love um, uh, the – Haluva kick being like a, a move you can hit out of nowhere to just win a match. I think that's great. There was one time where Sami Zayn beat Rusev with a Haluva kick. As Rusev was getting through the ropes, he got kicked in the head by a Haluva kick that yeah. he did not see coming. That was great. I love the idea of him being able to hit it from all angles, not just in the corner. Um, that's all great. Keep keep that going. And at the same time, I I feel like Corbin needed this more to move him towards something because he he kind of got screwed over when Ambrose left with the Intercontinental title to go to Raw. Uh, he lost that match uh, on WrestleMania, and he's kind of been treading water. Like, he needed to to squish somebody, you know, along the way. He He's lost to other guys. He's lost to, you know, AJ Styles on SmackDown. He's just – he needs something to push him more because all this stuff I keep hearing is that they're really high on Corbin. They want him to be a main event level heel, but – this isn't the way you build that, so I'm willing to see where they're going to go from here. Maybe you know, in a few weeks, he'll he'll be holding the money in the bank briefcase, and I'll be like, well, I guess I had to shut up about all my worries, but uh, we'll see where all that goes. But um, yeah, I love these yeah, I think, two guys. I think in the ring, catalyst, I to see more really, I think it's a way you can really take off that indie hating character because they they haven't done it on the main roster. Yeah, you haven't done it. Also, as as it pertains to Brizongo, I would like to see. If, if American Alpha ain't going to be on TV, just turn him heel. Yeah. And American Alpha could be pissed off yeah. that these clowns are getting getting recognition and, and they're not. So uh, Money in the Bank is four weeks away, and it would be hard for me to imagine Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin not being in that match. Right. So that would make sense. Backstage, the Singh brothers lay down a carpet, and I thought this was maybe Mahal's best promo outside of the You People line. WWE let him look into the camera. I still think Davari and Hassan did it better 12 years ago, but it's an improvement. All I have to say about the next segment is, Our hog is an awesome hog. He reigned at Allstate Arena. It's a lovely singing voice you have there. Uh, thanks. <laughs> what would you rate Becky's hair? <laughs> I saw that when she came out with the Bull Nakano do, uh, they they had one of those wonderful, um, unintentionally comedic 
crowd shots of this three-year-old girl with her hair up in pigtails, and she was making this face. <gasps> like, she was so shocked at what she saw. It just looked like she was straight clowning. Becky, uh, I would I would give it um, an, an A for effort, uh, but I'm not sure if it quite works. Uh, but she went there. It's a bold choice. You got to respect that. Yeah, well, I mean, she always tries to switch it up, so shout-outs to her. And personally, I don't give a damn what her hair looks like. People, you got stupid-ass people that are always hung up on that. I can't enjoy the match because of her hair. I couldn't enjoy the match because it wasn't a good match. Here's the other thing. I mean, some people can't enjoy a match because of Becky's hair. You can't enjoy a match because of Mickey's flappy pants. I mean, to each his own. Let's be fair. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Naomi had a really solid springboard cross body press. And when I say solid, I mean, you got to watch that. That thing hit hard. Carmella took it well. Naomi hit it well. James Ellsworth is really good at what he does. That is, man, that is like drafting in the NBA, drafting someone with like the 55th pick, like barely even getting drafted and them turning into a solid role player. Mm-hmm. That is, that's just good, good. Uh, the match is kind of a mess. Natalia very clearly did not kick out of that prawn pin, and I hate that. I hate when that happens, and it happens with that pin an awful lot. The, the old rolling prawn pin takes me out of it. Uh, Natalia won with a sharpshooter. I really thought we were going to see Carmella get a pin on Naomi, but I, I want to know more than anything, what's next for these six? Because it seems like the welcoming committee is a, a package deal. Right. Uh, and that's fine. The one thing I have, okay, now now their name's gone, right? Like, A, it never made sense because they were only welcoming Charlotte. Like, one of the people they were welcoming was their friend, Tamina. Like, she's the, one of the two new people on Raw, so they're only welcoming Charlotte. They're not welcoming Naomi and Becky. Naomi and Becky have been on SmackDown Live. The name doesn't make sense, and now they've welcomed Charlotte. It's over now. But the problem I have is I think they're going to be called the welcoming committee until freaking August, you know, because they, they keep beating those things into the ground. Um, I don't know where any of this goes because Natalia making Becky tap out is like they picked a finish out of a hat. Like, like okay, we'll pick out one of the three of you. Okay, Natalia, and you're going to pin – nope, you're going to submit Becky. Like, that's just – like, how does that advance anything? Like, Charlotte should have been involved in this if she's going to be a part of the championship match at all. Or Naomi. Whoever Naomi's going to face after this should have pinned her. Or if you want to have the good guys win, that's fine too. But these two seem like also-rans. Like, Natalia and Becky don't seem like they have a... Maybe this is your direction you're giving them. It's going to be Natalia versus Becky. But didn't we see that last year at, like, Battleground, and it wasn't all that great? So uh, there are other combinations you can do that aren't the same, same ones you've done in the past, and those are the ones I'm interested in. But if this leads to a Naomi losing the belt to Charlotte thing when Charlotte turns heel again, and then we get Charlotte versus Becky for a while... That's great, but that seems to me to be way too far off. All this didn't seem like this seemed like a match that was thrown together entirely, and the finish kind of 
signified that to me. Yeah, this was clunky and uh, yeah, uh, it's tough to nail down for me. It just it wasn't good, and that's unfortunate because SmackDown didn't look like it was given a lot on the women's side of things. Right, just under a year ago during the draft, and boy, did they make the best of it. They really made the most of it. They they scored. They 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 did well. The thing of it is, is that, that the the woman who single handedly made the most of the most of it is gone. Alexa Bliss is is on Raw true. now. You can't re- rely on that relationship and that 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 uh, ambiance that she created because she's gone. So you got to start all well, over. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Charlotte's one hell of a replacement. That's true, but we haven't seen them At, use her to that degree yet. I consider Charlotte. Well, I did on Raw at her peak among one of the top stars in the company because of how she was portrayed, how she would deliver in big matches and really thought so. Uh, speaking of delivering in big matches, Alex, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles did just that. Yep. Owens has slimmed down a lot too. Yeah, he has. I, I wonder what his actual shoot weight is. Cause they still lift him at two sixty six, and whatever he, he he's not, Whatever he actually was then, when they were listing with 266, you know, a couple months ago, he's 20 pounds less than that now. So, um, yeah, he's he's in great shape. Uh, good for him. And, um, yeah, these two put on a clinic. Well, whether his well, – regardless of weight, he was pretty stiff on a couple of those senton bombs. He was because that's what he does. AJ <laughs> Styles let him know, too. It was, it was very <laughs> funny. The third one, he was a little more forgiving. I can't believe, regardless of weight, that Styles can hit that inverted power bomb on Kevin Owens. Yeah. That is impressive. And the Ushiguroshi. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, Owens' neck breaker onto the knee always looks vicious. Always a big fan of that. There are just so many cool spots in this match. It's it's hard to really, really mention them all. These two guys were made for each other. This yeah. was everything that I wanted it to be. And, and the thing is... I'll compare this to uh, Ben Henderson and Anthony Pettis. Uh, their, their second or third fight in UFC. I was ready for a five-round fight. I was so bummed when it ended in like a minute and a half. Normally, I would be bummed that this ended by a countout, but I was like, hell no, I'm getting more. I'm ready. I want more of this. Also, it was one of the most clever countout finishes I've ever seen in wrestling. Yep. It was it was outstanding. There was apron suplexes, super fisherman's busters, the cool transitions into the Pele kick. The announcer spot is exactly what I would expect from these two to cook up or to help cook up in order to get a finish to stretch something out. Alex, I want to know your thoughts on the match. Uh, first of all, I don't know if you caught this. I, I tweeted out a gif of it. It's amazing. When Kevin Owens came out for his entrance... He walks around his face on on the entrance uh, stage because he won't step yeah. on his own face. It's and he does it without looking down. He just knows to walk around his face. He's just so cocky and sure of himself. It's brilliant. It's so perfect. Um, now I also tweeted this out. Like if you want to know how good AJ and KO are, this is what they can do when they're in a match with almost zero build. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, 
the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And relatively low stakes. Like they just go out there, like like we haven't been watching these guys go at each other's throats for months. This is not a blood feud like you had with Sami Zayn. This is not over the top um a championship in the land. This is this is a match for a championship belt that AJ hasn't really. He's been going after it for like all of like six weeks. This is how good they can be when they do when they have nothing to really fight for. Think of how good it's going to be after this when there's now reason for AJ to really hate KO because he tried to mess up his knee and he kicked him in the back of the head after the match. All of that. Does stuff. anybody does Wait. anybody fake messing up better than AJ Styles? Oh yeah. Oh God, he's he so even good messes up better than everybody else. Yeah, how? There's a thing like when you do um, you know, fake fighting, stage combat. When you when you learn how to do that as an actor, there's all the stuff you kind of try and do. Like there's there will be a, a good fake fight will have mess ups, like choreographed into it, and those are usually the hardest things to do because you have to like kind of fake like you suck at fighting for a minute, like if you're playing a, a warrior of some kind. Those are hard to do. So the fact that the AJ is does that, even that perfectly, like getting his foot caught underneath the thing so he couldn't get his foot out of the – it was so great. All of it was amazing. And you're right. The whole match up until that point had all kinds of great spots. We get more KO versus AJ. Somebody then tweeted me like, but then these two guys aren't going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match? Well, not necessarily. I mean, their feud can continue within that 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 match but you're right they probably won't be um but it's still i i i just want to see these guys you know go all out at, at each other with real animus behind it it's it, it's gonna be great do you think these two are in a united states championship match at money in the bank or are they put into the money in the bank ladder match i would say it depends on how many people are in that thing. If they're just going to do six, then I think they might exclude them so they can get four, you know, like four other guys in there. Uh, because I, I'm thinking Sammy and Corbin are definitely in it. So then who are the other four? Or could it be the other six? Could they stretch it to eight? I don't know. Um, but it's possible not because it looks like it's going to be uh, gender versus somebody, probably not Rusev, who demanded well, his, his, yeah. his match, but it looks like he's not getting it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff they could do, um, but there are enough guys in uh, the top level well, of SmackDown that you don't need to use them. If you want to extend that AJ Owens feud, you can have one of them cost the other one the money in the bank. Yeah, sure. Situation. Then they face each other in Philly at Battleground. Imagine that one in Philly. Yeah, I I, I would prefer for them to be in the money in the bank ladder, ladder match, but I don't yeah. know that that's what they're going to do. Yeah, well, it's obvious these two are going to continue being in a feud with one another. Right. Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan. I enjoyed this much more than the live crowd did. I mm-hmm. thought they were fine. I, what I wanted was them to just beat the crap out of each other, go through tables, and then hug each other in that weird, demented way because they really need a proper run. It's a really a shame that these two and Wyatt couldn't ever stay healthy at the same time. It was always one or the other. Um. 
Rowan has improved a lot. He is always expanding his offense, and that's something that I appreciate from him and something that I always notice from him. He is always adding offensive maneuvers. There was a cool suicide dive spot by Harper, and then Rowan with that power bomb. That was, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that was, that was pretty nice. Uh, as you mentioned on Twitter, the discus chest bump finished it. <laughs> All those cool moves, the discus clothesline finishes it. Yeah, it wasn't even a discus clothesline. If it had been just a clothesline, I would have been fine with it, but it was it was messed up. They, they couldn't get the spot right, and they bumped chest. Um, there was uh, – whatever. There's, um, there's a lot to like about this and also a lot to be like, oh, okay. Well, I guess the whole thing is that, like, Eric Rowan is still so beholden to Bray Wyatt, who's now not even on the same show – that he hates Luke Harper for deserting his brother Bray, but Eric wasn't around when that happened. So, like, was he watching on like a little thirteen-inch black and white TV in the basement? Like, where was this? Is all kind of it relies so much on the 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 years of history between the two, and yet doesn't really play up that. Like, this match should be you know, like really crazy. Like, they should really hate each other if they're going to do that. It seemed like it was just. Two big hosses having a match. Um, also, um, they they can't just let Wyatt family guys just have matches. They have to be spooky or weird. Like that whole thing where Eric Rowan was reaching for yeah. the mask, like trying to like talk to the mask, and the mask was his corner man, I think, was telling him, giving him strategy. And, of course, what happens right after the spooky supernatural thing? He walks directly into a discus chest bump and loses. Because if there's nothing that we, we don't know about the Wyatt family, it's that as soon as spooky supernatural stuff gets entered in the match, they lose. So I think, guys, you should probably just leave that stuff out, and maybe you'd win a match occasionally. Um, but, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, hate, I, hate the, I hate the necessity of doing that on the show. And to me, it's one of those weird things is that Luke Harper is one of those guys that I would love to see in the Money in the Bank match. If they get rid of AJ Styles and, and Kevin Owens and they have their own match, if Luke Harper winds up in it, he doesn't have to win it, but he could do some great spots within it and be utilized as something. Remember when he legitimately won that gosh darn <laughs> battle royal for the number one contendership? He really won it, and they told us that he didn't because AJ Styles and him hit at the same time when that didn't happen. And we all thought, oh, is there a chance they could make it a triple threat at Mania and have Luke Harper in it? And no, no, he wasn't. He was kind of barely in the battle royal and hasn't done anything since Mania. Like this guy has worked so hard. He's in tremendous shape. He's so good in the ring. He's fully healthy. Use him for God, for God's sake. You know, like he's uh, he's the, one of the most frustrating uh, uh, underbooked guys on uh, sure. uh, the entire roster. We had somebody in the chat say, uh, "Why do you guys like indie guys? Is that just a thing with March? Do you all realize that indie equals not good enough for WWE?" No one wants to wrestle for 35 people in a bingo hall unless you have to. I don't get it. Calm down. Hold on. Sami Zayn is awful. Kevin Owens looks like a beach ball. All these guys doing gymnastics. I don't get it. So that doesn't make any sense, first off, because these guys are in the WWE, so that kind of shits on the not good enough for WWE point. That's just a natural progression. Uh, The guys, Bret Hart was an indie guy. He wrestled in Stampede. And the, all the gymnast like, like what is is it? Is it a realism thing that you're going for? Oh, well, they don't look it. Well, did Fedor Emelianenko look it? No, and he's was the baddest dude on the planet. 
and the gymnastics thing. Anthony Showtime Pettis, who I mentioned earlier, it's not realistic. He ran up a cage and kicked the dude in the face. That's If you were to show me a disaster kick from Cody Rhodes in WWE and show me a moonsault, I'd be like, I'd probably buy the moonsault over the disaster kick. But yeah. like, it's, it's a weird statement. There, there are just people who who try. There's this weird, weird thing. I mean, there's people who fetish fetish or like you know try to they make it a little too much yeah. like uh, all indie guys are good you know, and i mean hideo itami doesn't have traction like he's the, right he struggled but what's 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 the what is the full other end of the spectrum like do you go on the wdb network and watch berserker matches like what are what is what is the thing that you that like what's the anti gymnastics guy that you love so much you know what I mean? Is it is it Randy Orton matches? Do you love watching Randy Orton matches? Doesn't matter who he's fighting. You can you could sit there and you could watch Randy Orton versus Sheamus hey. every night for hey. a year and you'd love it. If that's, that's I true, mean, Berserker was a territory you. guy too. I mean, just say it. It's true. It's true. But I'm he was a like, world class and and uh, <laughs> mid south and AWA. I mean, he was a little bit of everywhere. So he, he, like just, I mean, but who's who's the anti flippy guy? Like, yeah. Like is Andre the Giant? Are you longing for the days of Andre the Giant? Because I don't know. I don't know what that. I, I don't know if that's ever coming back. Sad to say. Yeah, it's it's weird. People are who you a, like, are you a huge fan of Giant Gonzalez? Like who who do you love? Yeah, he wasn't an indie guy. He was a guy that Ted Turner wanted to bring into the Atlanta Hawks, and they were like, "Oh, this isn't going to work. Let's put him in a ring." <laughs> it's, it's always weird to me. Uh, speaking of indie guys, Jinder Mahal was wrestling in front of 35 people about 20 months ago. Uh, mm -hmm. and pretty much not, not that much after that. Cause he wasn't getting a lot of bookings, but he is the WWE champion. And I kind of liked the match. I thought it was above average. Remember guys, John Cena's back on July the 4th, the 4th of July for America, the America that Jinder Mahal's like trashing and stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. If if they were to do that, would that not be like peak WWE to like have John Cena come back on his first night, issue a cha challenge to the evil anti-America guy and beat him on the 4th of July? Like, it's perfect. So, I mean, listen, I am not a fan of complacent Randy Orton. Randy Orton carrying around the strap and just being like, I'm Randy Orton, so I'm automatically better than you, is not my idea of a good time. So anything that's not that, um, I'm for. Let's see what happens with gender. I mean, I agree. The ridiculous, like, hey, you were a jobber literally like 30 days ago, and now you're the champion, is a little weird. But now that he is the champion... I'm willing to see where they go with this. If it if it continues to have his little buddies, this sounds an awful lot like a presidential election that we just had. Just give him a chance. Okay. How Man. bad can how bad can it be? Ah. What can they mess up possibly? I, well, he next thing you know, Jinder's going to be giving secrets to Rusev, and everything's going to unravel. <laughs> if they if they run that angle, I'm all oh, for no. it. Okay, but here's the deal: if it if it leads to Randy Orton murdering Jinder's mini me's, I'm all for it. He <laughs> nearly killed both of them on the announce tables. 
And credit to both of them. One guy who I'm pretty sure is right now paralyzed from the waist down got back up out of those bumps and back onto the apron so they could get double DDT'd so that he could be distracted enough so that he could lose the match. Um, Some, somebody's the same guy saying you all hate gender because he didn't struggle in the indies. Oh boy, did he ever struggle in the indies? Struggled hard in the indies. <laughs> I, I, I have not, like, listen, you can go back and watch like early, early, early NXT when he was like wrestling in the very first ever NXT championship match against Seth Rollins. He was decent. He was good. Yeah. There was, there was things they could have done with him coming out of that and they didn't do it. Like he's him, well liked backstage. Very, very well liked. That's, that's cool. The, the problem I, I've never had a deal with, like, I don't like gender. The thing about gender is as weird as that, like that you could have him just be this, laughing stock on raw for months have him come over get involved with a rob gronkowski feud and then literally a month after that he's the champion is a weird thing it's just odd but i'm not shitting all over it right now i'm just saying this is here where do we go from here that's what i'm interested in seeing i mean that's why i'll be watching tuesdays you know, it's like, where do you go with this? This is the brand yeah. new world we're here now, you know? I thought I thought it was a good call to start this match out aggressively because Randy Orton should want to. He's had his ass kicked on a weekly basis by this guy. They're trying to swoon me with the use of a top wrist lock. Didn't work. Didn't work. Uh, this, this is another thing. WWE, am, am I the only one that notices they like the slower style in their main event? title matches on occasion like you have something like done and bait and then you have something like owens and styles and then you almost always have a bobby rude mm-hmm. or a randy orton and jinder mahal well jinder mahal did fine he didn't sell quite you know as much as your typical main eventer that was a little iffy because most people Sell dead on a RKO. He couldn't because he had to roll to the ropes. Right. He had to right. get there. Now that's part of that's on him and Orton because you got to hit that RKO a little closer. That way, gender doesn't have to do that. Randy Orton almost murdered one of the Singh brothers. That was yeah. phenomenal looking. Well, did you see Orton's face right after he did it to that guy? Like the camera yeah. caught him and he was like, oh God, I think I might have killed if that guy. If you have concerned Randy Orton, <laughs> some shit has went down. If, because I don't think if he ran over a person, he would do that. He wouldn't even slow down. No, but, like, <laughs> but in this case, he was he was 90% sure that he murdered a guy and this was his face. Ooh. He's like he, you know, he's just sitting there thinking right now. He's sitting there, Randy Orton says, There are gonna be so many fucking memes tomorrow. I'm like, I'm gonna have to go talk to HR. This is gonna suck. <laughs> I mean, this oh. is oh man. Yeah. You know uh, Osprey's doing that spot in a match next week. Yeah, That's gets, happening. That's happening. He's gonna figure out Taking how we can do a six thirty off of that move when he gets tossed in the air before he lands. I think Rick Rogers is facing Osprey <laughs> soon. Please. So, uh, that's kind of cool. I, I've been saying this for weeks. We cannot say that this result, Jinder Mahal winning in this manner, isn't in line with his booking. It is absolutely in line with his booking. 
to this day, since this push has started, he has not won not only a match, but a physical altercation clean or without somebody or without cheating or without doing something dirty. It's consistent. Right. They booked it in the manner in which like anything can happen in the WWE type of thing. The issue never was, well, it's Jinder Mahal. The issue never was, well, it doesn't make sense. The only issue I ever had was, why was he put in that number one contenders match from any standpoint, from any logistical standpoint with the roster they had? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to do that. If uh, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan show up and they just mention something, just a little something, it takes one line to rectify yeah. that. One line. But uh, Jinder Mahal is the WWE champion, and I can yeah. tell you right now, looking at our numbers, he is also a podcast draw. But <laughs> I'll say this. If Randy Orton had won this match, I get the feeling our viewership right now would be decreased by about yeah. 20 25%. Right. Let's not beat around the bush, guys. Everybody, almost everybody in that audience knew the score. And the the let's go gender gender sucks. That was because of the polarizing reaction to him getting put in this position in the first place. Because if this is a guy who had been 50-50 booked, I don't know that it's the same reaction. I don't know if there's the same passion out of people. But because it is a guy who got jobbed the hell out, and because so many other people hate, you know that troll society. There are some people who just like him just to be contrarians. There are some people who legitimately like him. We have had, since our launch, literally a guy on our boards whose name is one and only Jinder Mahal fan. Mm -hmm. That has been his screen name since last July. Yep. So they do exist. Allegedly, he is the one and only that existed before this. but Not anymore. <laughs> I want to know how you feel about this whole situation. Uh, the match, the, the reaction, people. Uh, I want to know. Um, uh, this, this whole thing has been interesting. I, I, I think I'm trying to like compartmentalize the fact that he was pushed so fast with the fact that they're trying to get heat on him by being the anti-America guy. Like, uh, in the one hand, I'm, I'm really, I really like that there's this brand new face. You know what I mean? Give him a shot. Let's see what happens. He's a, is some new blood. That's cool. I don't like that because he's brown. He's got two other guys who are smaller brown guys who are his buddies, but they've never explained where the hell those guys came from. Like why why they know him, why they care about him, other than the fact that they're also from India. You know what I mean? Like it's just a weird thing that they do, obviously, also, all the none time. Of the, none of them are. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But they will have you believe that they are. You know what I mean, and that's well. I mean, Muhammad Hassan was Italian, so sure, exactly, an Italian guy from New York. Right. It's that it's that exact same way. Now, um, the idea behind all of this is just kind of like the, he comes out for his entrance for a championship match, and they focus on in the in the in the crowd these two, I want to say, twelve year old boys, pasty, doughy, just like so white, wearing like they're cosplaying John John Cena. And they're out there like double thumbs down, boo, Jinder Mahal. Like uh, these, these are your allies, these kids. You're, you're training these kids to hate foreign guys. And that's a thing that I don't know that I like. Yeah. That's a thing I'm not sure if I'm cool with. Can you just have this guy be a heel without him being like the anti-America guy who's also like 
like the funny thing is, is like he's only anti-American, he says, because all of you don't like me. And if you look out in the crowd, I'm pretty sure they all don't like him. Now, is it they don't like him because he says you don't like me, and though they react by not liking him? I'm pretty sure those guys didn't like him to begin with. Like, yeah. you know, but there's the there's the thing is that they have this great babyface cruiserweight, Mustafa Ali, who's represent, representing as being from Pakistan, and he's he wrestles. He's really, really fun. He's over with the crowd as a babyface, but they're not pushing him in any degree to like to like be the anti-gender. It's fine if you want to have one guy who's from the Middle East who hates America, but if you have another one who's from the Middle East who loves America, then you can kind of balance that out. But they're really not focusing any attention on the guy who's, you know, not an anti-American guy, which is <laughs> weird. So that's a thing for me that that is kind of clouds this whole situation um i i I gotta have people stop making jbl comparison like there were people saying they're they're saying jbl was a jobber no jbl was not a jobber jbl won as many matches on smackdown in i think it was the three months leading up to his push as jinder mahal had won on raw or smackdown in a singles capacity in the last uh four and a half five years Mm-hmm. So JBL was he won matches. I mean he it albeit inconsistently he won matches. Jinder Mahal did not win matches. He beat Jack Swagger once, he beat uh Heath Slater once, and he didn't win any other singles matches on Raw or SmackDown since like 2012. Yeah. So this is not the same situation. There was also a definitive shift, as I've mentioned, Bradshaw, Farouk, the split. There was a change there. We haven't necessarily had that with Jinder Mahal, but we've had him get these cronies. And these cronies have taken him to the WWE Championship. <laughs> yes. And that's fine. That's fine. All of it's in line, all that makes sense. And that's all I need is to see something different out of a wrestling program every once in a while. Yeah. Ideally, each week, just show me a move I haven't seen before. Show me right. a spot I haven't seen before. Show right. me a transition I haven't seen before. This makes sense. Still, the only thing that doesn't is him being in that actual number one contenders match. That's the only part. The only that's the only it. thing that I, I, I they did qualifying matches and he beat right. like some some dipshit to get into it. Then it would have made perfect yeah, sense. When when they had the match, the reason I thought he was in it to begin with was because Mojo was in it and he was in a program with Mojo. Yeah, like, and I thought, okay, fine, Mojo gets to be in it because he's won matches against Gender. And I guess Jinder gets to be in it to like because he because he said I want I want Mojo. Well, the only way you can get him is to be in this match. He's like, well, then I'll be in this match. I don't know, whatever. It was stupid, but I accepted it How because that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal push. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. The other overarching thing with this whole thing is that Seth Rollins ran this program with J and J Security, where he had two tiny guys who did no offense in interfering. They just stood in the way and got thrown around a lot and were there to be distracting of his opponent. But the, his opponents during that time, a lot of them were at least as big as Jinder or bigger, like Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah. Jinder is a giant man who shouldn't need little guys holding on to the ankles of his opponents to beat them. That's the only thing is I feel like it's there is kind of like... What do you you look at Jinder and you say that guy's gigantic? He's incredibly muscular. He should be winning matches on his own. 
but he still needs these little guys to help him. It's kind of a weird balance. And I, it's fine if you give me a reason why. Did, did they go to college together? Like, how do they know gender, and why do they care that he's going to be champion now? That's It's easy to do, but they haven't done it yet. Do you remember the other two the other two semifinalists for the NXT title tournament besides Jinder and Seth Rollins? Wasn't it um, uh, Michael McGillicuddy? Curtis Axel was Michael McGillicuddy then, and I can't remember the fourth one. Richie Steamboat. Oh, Richie. Poor Richie. Richie Steamboat. Poor Richie. Poor Richie indeed. Also, Bo Dallas, Leo Kruger, oh. Drew McIntyre, Justin yep. Gabriel in that tournament. How times have changed. Yeah. So overall, I think Backlash was a good show. Uh, the matches were all, gosh, I had Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton rated as above average. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan a little bit above average as well, for, for, especially for them. Owen Styles, I thought, was outstanding. Zane Corbin, really good. Usos Brizongo, I loved it. Nakamura Ziggler, really enjoyed it. Ty Dillinger and Aiden English, they was there. The only match I didn't like was the welcoming committee versus the baby faces. Yeah. Other than that, pretty, pretty good show and a hell of a weekend, man. Yeah. Yeah, even going back to the to the UK championship special on Friday, which was excellent as well, and I want more of that. But this was an amazing weekend for WWE on the network. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing, you know, where all these storylines go on NXT as well. We talked about that last night, but there's a lot of open ends where that can go as well. And, um, money in the bank is my favorite match of the year. It always is. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to see who's in it for SmackDown. The, the fact that it is a brand specific and can't be, uh, you utilize anybody from raw is really interesting to me. Uh, and so I can't wait to see um, who comes out of that thing with the briefcase and what they do with it. I hope it's not a one-hour reign with the briefcase this year again. I hope that that person who wins it holds on to it for a while. Let's talk about gender's physique. <laughs> okay. It's suspect. It is. I don't want to say anything that will get me sued. No. But, I mean, not- it's suspect. It, it 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 looks like the physique of guys who have gotten popped in the past. I'm not talking about even even in WWE, but like bodybuilders who will be like you know who you oh this guy yeah he was on steroids. Um, that, I mean, I mean they were talking about like gynecomastia or whatever it is. Like there's a little little bit of that. that he's let me got. let me show you something. Let me show you something, Alex. This was this was posted on Reddit Squared Circle today. This was Jinder Mahal in mm-hmm. August. Yeah. You see that? For, for those of you who are listening and can't see, it's a crazy change. And is it possible? Sure. WWE's thresholds are very, very, very forgiving. It's something I talked about. And Hey, you want, you want to hear just the covers pulled on situations like that? Go listen to Ryback's podcast because that guy not only burned every bridge, he said – Fuck a controlled demolition. I'm just going to start throwing sticks of dynamite at this bridge. I ain't ever going back. Do you think that that type of thing and the the acceleration of his push, do you think that encourages such behavior? 
whether he did it or not? Wow, that's a good. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to start seeing which guys who are slightly out of shape now turn into you know like giant veiny monsters is six months from now. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's really it's a touchy subject because again, you know, there's no proof that we have of it. He looks he looks like a guy who might be doing roids. But we have no proof that that guy is actually doing roids. It's a really weird thing, you know? So Also, I'm not accusing him of doing no uh, HGH, but it's really hard to fail a test for HGH. Yeah. Testing just isn't that advanced. I wonder what happened when Vince McMahon, like, discovered his physique. I thought The Undertaker powerbombed him through the stage <laughs> 12 years ago. It's a different guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, follow me at Sean Ross app. We are back tomorrow night after Monday Night Raw. Uh, visit Fightful.com. Register absolutely free. Join in our forums, guys. I want all of you, the thousands of you listening, head over to our forums. Start a topic. I want to make that your go-to for wrestling, MMA, boxing, TV, movies, video games, music, all that cool stuff. Alex. Tell them where they can follow you. You can follow me at Pulowski the Fourth on Twitter. Of course, follow us at Fightful Online, Facebook, and Twitter. You guys, we got a bunch of great shows coming at you this week. Of course, a new story time with JJ Dillon on that Wednesday show. That segment is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm coming back to you tomorrow night and Tuesday afternoon with Showdown Joe for that MMA podcast, guys. I want to thank you all so much for the support this weekend. As always, I want you all to participate in those live coverage and discussion pages, uh, the podcast chats, whether on YouTube or Fightful.com. For those of you asking, it definitely helps us more to do it on Fightful.com. Make it your destination for news. We're bringing the fun, you guys. Until next time, subscribe, thumbs up, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.